You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. kind of judgment? Not a judgment of wrath. A disciplinary judgment. A judgment intended by heaven to make us like a Martin Luther. A judgment intended by heaven to make us like a John Huss, to make us like an Esther. A judgment, a disciplinary thing to get us to our senses and get us on the path that we're suffering for the will of God and not our own stupidity. You didn't see that coming, did you? As a follower of Christ, you must welcome discipline. Scripture tells us that he who hates correction is foolish. In his message today, Pastor Danny shares several stories of saints who had gone before us, who went through a period of discipline to become the vessels that God intended for them to be. Are you facing a hardship that you've asked the Lord to take away? Have you considered this challenge to be a form of discipline the Lord is using to guide you to His perfect path? Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4 with today's edition of The Living Word. Martin Luther, instead of becoming a lawyer, became a monk. As a young monk, he was driven by fears of God's wrath, fears of hell, and a need to gain personal assurance that he was saved, that he was saved. In 1511, he moved to Wittenberg to earn his doctorate in theology. He immersed himself deeply in the scriptures, especially the letters written by the Apostle Paul. And it was especially those letters that God revealed to Martin Luther that salvation was based solely on the grace of God through the merits of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. It was a free gift, could not be bought, could not be earned. Martin Luther, so convinced of this truth, began to teach against the Catholic Church's practice of selling what they called indulgences. And selling these indulgences, they would teach that if you buy an indulgence, uh, you could get a reduced punishment for your sin. You could buy indulgences for loved ones that had died, and they could get a reduction of punishment for their sins. Maybe even buy them out of purgatory through the indulgence. They taught that if you got a big enough indulgence, you could actually be forgiven of all your sins. That's what they were teaching. And they were raising all kind of money through selling these indulgences. A lot of people buying them because if you can buy your way, you know, out of, out of hell, great. Well, Martin Luther began to teach against the church's practice. On October 31st, 1517, nailed his now famous 95 thesis to the door of the church in Wittenberg. This thesis challenged the Catholic Church's selling of indulgences and also outlined the biblical doctrine of justification by grace through faith alone. Luther was warned by the cardinals of Rome to recant his position, but he refused. And he said, unless somebody can show me scripturally where my position is wrong, no, I will not recant. So in January of 1521, Luther was officially excommunicated by the Pope from the Catholic Church. Two months later, he was ordered to appear before Emperor Charles V in Worms, Germany. A devoted friend named George Spallatin sent Luther a personal message. Don't go to Worms. Because if you do, you may end up like John Huss. 
How many of you have never heard the name John Huss? Never heard the name John Huss. John Huss was a Bohemian Catholic priest. His original name was Hussenek from the village that he was born in. He decided to change his name to shorten it to Huss, so John Huss. Huss means the goose. That became his nickname. They called him the goose. John Huss, 100 years before Martin Luther, taught that Jesus Christ is the head of the church, not the pope, and that salvation is in Christ alone through the grace of God and the merits of Jesus Christ. He was, if you will, a pre-Reformation reformer. You ever heard the phrase, he cooked his goose, or I'm going to cook your goose, or phrases like that? You've heard that phrase, right? Yeah, we get that from John Huss. Why? He would not recant. He continued to stand for truth, and they burned him at the stake. And someone overheard him say before he died these words, you are now going to burn a goose, but in a century you will have a swan which you can neither roast nor boil. That became prophetic of a hundred years later, Martin Luther shows up on the scene. Martin Luther, because of John Huss's prophecy, was referred to by many as the swan even by Martin Luther himself. After Luther died, much of Lutheran art depicts John Luther with a swan on trial before the highest officials of the church and state. Again, Martin Luther was asked to renounce his views. On the first day, he became so overwhelmed with the immensity of what was happening because they asked him two questions at the end of the first day. The second would have meant that he had to recant his beliefs. And Martin Luther, realizing the situation he was in, asked for the night to pray, and he would come back the next day and give his final answer. The request was granted, and so he prayed that night. Some of his prayers recorded. I'm going to read you an excerpt from Martin Luther's prayer that night. How frail and sensitive is the flesh of men, and the devil so powerful and active through his apostles and the wise of the world. O thou, my God... My God, help me against the reason and wisdom of all the world. Do this. Thou must do it. Thou alone. For this cause is not mine, but thine. For myself, I have no business here with these great lords of the world. Indeed, I too desire to enjoy days of peace and quiet and be undisturbed. But thine, O Lord, is this cause. And it is righteous and of eternal importance. Stand by me, thou faithful, eternal God. I rely on no man. O God, stand by me in the name of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ, who shall be my protector and defender, yea, my mighty fortress, through the might and strengthening of thy Holy Spirit. Wow. And the next day at trial, here is Martin Luther's response. Since then, your majesty and your lordships desire a simple reply, I will answer without horns and without teeth. Unless I am convinced by scripture and plain reason, I do not accept the authority of popes and councils, for they have contradicted each other. My conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and will not recant anything. For to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. God help me. Amen. Thankfully, Luther did not end up like John Huss, but his writings were banned by the church. He was declared a convicted heretic, but he was saved from the fate of John Huss because some of his friends kidnapped him 
and put him into protective seclusion. And in seclusion, Martin Luther translated the New Testament into the German language. Once done so, these texts went throughout Germany, and for the first time ever, the German people could pick up the New Testament and in their own language read the truth, which they were not getting through the church. We need men like John Huss today. We need men like Martin Luther. We need women like Queen Esther who would put her life on the line for the cause of God and for his kingdom. At this point, the text, 1 Peter, throws us something that you may not have been expecting. And here it is. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. So it starts with the worst and goes with being a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, don't be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. What kind of judgment? Not a judgment of wrath. A disciplinary judgment. A judgment intended by heaven to make us like a Martin Luther. A judgment intended by heaven to make us like a John Huss. To make us like an Esther. A judgment, a disciplinary thing to get us to our senses and get us on the path that we're suffering for the will of God and not our own stupidity. You didn't see that coming, did you? Here's what the Lord says, Proverbs 12.1. And he, he's a straight shooter. I like the Lord because I, I, I'm a straight shooter. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. That's pretty plain. I mean, a child can understand that. My wife and daughter found this in Canada while we were there over the summer. They showed it to me, and I said, i got to get it, got to get it. And I don't know if you can see it. It says, it is what it is. My friend, Pastor Jim Simula, our friend, Pastor Jim Simula, I've heard him say it so many times. I love the statement. Because to me, it's a biblical statement. It is what it is. I keep it on my desk now. To me, it's a loose translation of Jesus saying, Verily, verily, I say unto you. Truthfully, truthfully, I say unto you. He says to Peter, Peter says, I'll die with you. I'll never disown you. Peter, here's the truth. It is what it is. Tonight, you're going to deny me three times. Thank God Peter repented and became a rocky for heaven. I'm going to make a statement that I believe is biblical. A Christian, a true child of God, a true child of God, I believe can commit any sin that they committed before they became a Christian, before they became a child of God, except one. And it's called the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Life will be difficult. It's inevitable and part of being a resident of this fallen world. The question then becomes, how do you handle unexpected trials? Through this study in the book of 1 Peter, Pastor Danny has been encouraging you to take your troubles to your Savior. He cares for you and is the strength and comfort that you crave. Are you facing an unexpected or frustrating situation today? Can we pray for you? There's strength in lifting one another up in prayer, and we're honored to do that for you. Send us an email at info at ccf ccfstepete.church. Would you pray for us here at The Living Word too? As our ministry grows, we always want to make sure that we're seeking Jesus first and our ideas second. His guidance is what we need. Would you pray that we'd recognize His voice always? Thanks for praying. 
Do you live in or near St. Petersburg? If so, we have a special invitation for you. Pastor Danny and all of us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship would love to have you join us for our weekend services. We gather on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. And your presence would be such a blessing to us. Find out more and get directions at ccfstpete.church. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time to hear another message from Scripture right here on The Living Word.